make it big here. Vegas. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what that was, but uh, <laughs> make it big. What do you think? Can he make it four for four in this spot? I was trying to yell at my dog, and I thought that I'd muted it. Sorry, he's back yelling in the Scared background. Sorry about that. I even covered up my mouth, and it just made a, a huge amplification on the microphone. I saw your face. I was like, well, clearly forgot to hit the mute button. Uh, listen, make it big is, is a horse. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared Who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it Started a website where players go to see all their picks The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to So next time that the horses all line up at the post Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bleakers Up. It's a good show today, guys. If you notice, Jared is not here. He's on kid duty this week. But I've got a special, special, very magical, very nice guest. Magic, how are we? I'm good, thanks. I got uh, to set up my lighting here as I go through puberty. My uh, my light broke, so I'm using, literally just got to turn on the flashlight on my phone to, yeah, I don't look completely dark. Although if I do this, then it actually is kind of like Jared's here. It's just, <laughs> you can't completely see anything that's happening right here because of the lighting situation. So yeah, no, happy to be here. This is going to be a fun show. Um, I, I haven't been on Blinkers Off to do this in a while, but it's nice to not be hosting a show. I can just sit back and drink. Well, yeah, there you go. Did you, now, what have you got? What is that? Rum and Coke. Drinking? Rum and Coke. Have Captain you been drinking Coke, yep. since eight o'clock in the morning, or just since started? since four minutes ago? It, it's twelve oh four, so okay. I didn't want to feel like a lush. So okay. I waited till I waited till noon. You waited till noon. Okay, well that's good. Well, because we do have a lot of business to get to. We do. At the end of the show, we'll 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 dick around like we always do. But that but before we do have business to get into, we got a big weekend of preps. Really, the Sam F. Davis and the El Camino Real going to be two good races. Uh, at, at Tampa Bay Downs and Golden Gate. We'll go over those. We'll also go over a couple of stakes races from Oakland Park. Yes, that's right. Oakland Park is back after getting all last week canceled. And we'll have a Kentucky Oaks prep uh, to talk about as well. Before we do, though, Magic, I want to get your thoughts on last weekend's three big prep races. Uh, we, we saw some good performances, I think, in all three. Who did you like most out of those three races? Now that I've had some time to think <laughs> and, and, and calm down. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the weekend. Uh, yeah, it, uh, listen, Messier, I think uh, if you really, if you forget who he races for, who his trainer is, that has to be the most impressive. And you did a great job on the, the recap that we did um, on, on uh, the YouTube channel uh, talking about the Bob Baffert saga and Messier's progression and everything. But um, he gets the highest buyer of this crop now, right? Uh, Jack Christopher had the 102. Now he's, his 103 is officially the best. Uh, good perfor- great performance, I thought, from Way to Barrio as well, and I think that he has more room to like. There's more room for him to progress as well. But I don't know how you don't say Messier wasn't the best when you think logically and, and objectively about it all. Yeah, I mean, he obviously was. I, I thought he, I thought he was very good, and I, 
it's weird. Like I have him number one, but it's like, do I really even think he's going to be in the Derby? I'm not sure. Um, I don't know what you do with those horses until you get a, a definite word one way or the other. So I'm going to rank them until I hear they're not, you know, officially going to be there. Can I ask you on that point? Um, so Mike Samich and I recorded earlier today. It'll be on the YouTube channel uh, mm -hmm. later today. But the Kentucky Derby Future Wager Pool 3 starts uh, tomorrow. runs the 11th through the 13th. And all of the three-year-olds is still the favorite. It's 5-2. to two. And I asked Mike, I said, at what point, if I'm someone that believes Baffert is going to cheat the system and be able to get his way into the Derby with these horses, that all of the three-year-olds covers every Baffert. So what's the right price that you take in that future pool if you think that's what's going to happen? And I want to pose that question to you. Like, because it's five to two. If you're telling me I get five to two and it could possibly cover every Baffert, to me, that's value. I kind of agree. I kind of agree. I, I think I think you're right about that. And also, if you don't get Baffert, well, at least you've got something that probably out there that you could you could play. Yeah, I think five to two works. I still kind of in that thought of surely if he can't run, somebody will change a trainer and try to get a horse like Messier in there, you know, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden five to two. And like I said, you get multiple ones. Maybe you get Newgrange, uh, you know, Corniche. I, I, I don't know where he's at, but you could get three or four horses for that five to two price. Yeah, I think that's a, about the right price for that. I really do. What, what I'm curious, what did uh, what did uh, Mr. Samich say? Mike said basically if you – so Mike's opinion is Baffert isn't going to run. But if you are of that opinion, he said even money is the is the right price because you're yeah. going to just cover every single Baffert Yeah, and more. He also, like you said, Ed said, says it could be somebody else. Yeah, and Timmy says, in my, in, uh, in my opinion, keep him out of the Derby. Well, yeah, I think I think that's true, but I don't know if that's reality. That's that's Yeah, we're, that we're all on that team there, Cindy, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we don't play for the same team often, Magic. But when we do, we are on the same team when it comes to that. Uh, Vinny said he would take five to two. And uh, Blinkersoff has never looked better or worse. I can't decide. Better. better. If he hadn't wore the Rams jersey, it would have been better. But you may have ruined it, Magic. Listen, somebody from formerly from the state of Missouri needs to be in the Super Bowl this year. And if the Chiefs aren't going to be able to do it, the Rams got to pick up the slack. Sorry. Jared's okay, just a little well, mad about it. He's just a little just, mad about it. It's okay. Just a little shot fired right there by Magic as a guest. That's nice that you come in and, and say something like that on somebody's show. But uh, listen, hey, I've got USA Hockey. We won eight to nothing. So... We're looking good too in the Olympics. I don't think you've been, are you watching the Olympics? I don't think anybody's watching it. No, and I we were just talking about it this morning, uh, Mrs. Magic and I about the fact that like we don't I don't care about the Olympics this year. And I tried to watch the the replay of the uh, U.S. Canada women's hockey game. Right, I heard that was going to be great. I was all excited for it, and I tried to pull it up on the Peacock app, and they were like, "Watch four minutes of ads first. And I was like, "I don't know if I wanted to watch four minutes of this game." That was all I've tried to watch of the Olympics, except. The skier crashes yesterday or two days ago. Mm. Did you see that? The women's mm -hmm. downhill all in the same corner. It yeah. popped up on YouTube and it was just crash, crash. And I was just like, each time I was like, how is that person not dead? And then you see them, they're just like skiing down. Three of them did ski down onto their own power. One of them just destroyed her knee. Well, and as we've talked about, you're a very sick person and you like to, <laughs> yes. you watch the, the ski jumps. You said on Dudes Who Bet Sports, you watch the ski jumps and all the downhill skiing just for the crashes. So doesn't surprise me that that is the one thing that you're interested Maybe in. Maybe that's why it was the number one recommended. I pull up YouTube, and every time it was like number one. Hey, Magic, watch this. <laughs> and it's, all, it's like all, all caps, brutal crashes. And I was like, ooh, okay, brutal crashes. Let's watch this. Because they can't. if somebody actually died, they can't post it, right? Isn't there like a law against that? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I assume there is, so that's why I'm okay with it. 
they call that the sick bastard algorithm on YouTube. Uh, so if you if you get these kind of things and you they've they've algorithmed you into that uh, loophole there. So <laughs> um, yeah. So let's see. The ski jump was next to Nux to Nux to Nuke. He, he means nuke. nuke silos. Yes. There's not a K in nuclear or nuke. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Nuke silos. Yeah. I know. I saw the picture of that. I think that's what. Honestly, the China thing I think has people turned off too. They don't really care. So, well, even the time difference. Like, if it's if it was yeah. live, if it was like event television here, that would that'd be great. But that's oh right. Well. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah, nuclear. Yes, neck necklear now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> now he's just now he's just screwing with us. Get out of here, Mike. Go back to your own show in two hours. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Pedlo <laughs> says Boomer, and I say Sooner. Back to him as number nine goes down last night. The Sooners beat Texas Tech. Huge win. On the home floor last night for the Sooners. For was sure. a big upset, right? Uh, yeah, pretty big upset. Oh, you had lost a bunch in a row, hadn't looked very good, and, and won by 15 last night. So Nice. That was fun. Wish I would have been there for that one. <laughs> I was not. All right, Magic. Enough dicking around. We're going to do some more of that at the end of the show as well. But let's get into it. Let's let's go deep dive Sam F. Davis. Do you want, you want to do that, Magic? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. I'll pull it up on the screen now. The Sam F. Davis coming up this Saturday at Tampa Bay Downs. We drew a field of 12 plus one, also eligible. 10-4-2-1 for the Derby points for the Sam F. Davis going to mile 16th there at Tampa Bay Downs. They'll all get points. There's no Bafferts in this one. So if you're a Baffert hater, you got to be smiling here. All right, Magic, I'm going to kick it to you first. I thought this was the trickiest field we've seen yet for a Derby prep. What about you? Definitely. Uh, and uh, for me, a big reason is I never played Tampa more than I don't really overlook at Tampa a couple times a year. I remember when the pandemic first hit in 2020, and this was like the one one of the few tracks that kept going and it kept trying to play Tampa and it was just 47 to one shot over 56 to one shot favor. You go two days where a single favorite doesn't win a race. And it's I was like, I can't figure this track out. Um, so when I come into this, I'm basing a lot of this off of the class of the horses and what I think um, I think they're project doing. And that leads me to the three classic causeway who is, you know, he's your favorite at three to one, but uh, the Kentucky Jockey Club continues to just produce winner after winner after winner. Wade Barrio, we just talked about winning the Holy Bull Stakes last week. Um, you have uh, Call Me Midnight, who won the Lacombe Stakes a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was distant in this race. And I watched the replay for this. I was like, okay, there's a few horses exiting it, including Classic Causeway. Let me see. Do I want to still pick him? And first off, how good was Smile Happy that night? Holy shit. That yeah. horse. If he returns, I mean, at 80% of what he was in that race in his uh, in the Risen Star uh, next weekend, that's going to be crazy. But, yeah, I went with Classic Causeway on top because I thought that not only did I think that that race is producing a lot of good horses, I thought that he had the best race in the Breeders' Futurity. And if you remember that race, the mile and 16th at Keeneland, it's a real quick run to that first turn, and he was way out in the 13th pole. Jose Ortiz did everything he could to get him to try and win, hustles him out of the gate, puts him on the front end, tries to catch a breather. And for a horse stretching out for two turns, first time facing winners, and that was a lot to have him do that. And for him to not quit and to get third and to really just miss second by a half length was really very impressive to me. So all that to say, I love Classic Causeway in this spot, and I love that I rads like, you know what, I'm going to give up on Gulfstream for the day and go ride this horse at Tampa. I'm with you. I put Classic Causeway on top as well. I think a lot of people out there are trying to get a price, trying to get a price in this race. I've seen it a lot, and we'll talk about a few. I, I don't think this is a, a race you got to go short in. I think I think this is one we're going to have to use a few, and we'll talk about some. I think what you said about Classic Causeway is right. And listen, if you're paying attention, the number one factor has to be the Kentucky Jockey Club and, and the way that race has come back. Now, you have Classic Causeway. 
And then you also have the number nine howling time coming out of that race. So you have two coming out of that race to this one. And I think let's just to be brutally honest, I think the big difference is Dale Romans trains the nine. So I don't think we can come in here real confident uh, with howling time. And that's why I went classic causeway on top. Big, big factor in this race magic. I think the pace, it looks kind of ridiculous in here. There's a lot of horses that want to go now. That's not great for Classic Causeway. I'd like to just see him on the lead. But the good news is, I think he has enough speed to clear like the first group that want to go. But I think he does have the patience that he showed it in the Kentucky Jockey Club to sit off if anybody is just going crazy out front. So I think he kind of gets the trip here. And I think as long as Irad can get him to kind of settle and he, he listens to the instructions of whatever Irad thinks is best which he showed he could do a little bit last time. I think he, I think he's in a good spot here. What did, what do you think though? Is the pace worrisome for you? It was. And that's why I agree with you that I think you, uh, you can go for a price. And one thing that I like to, uh, to look, oh yeah, Vinny's right. How crazy, how good the Kentucky jockey club has been, how bad the breeders futurity has been. Um, usually the breeders futurity can produce some really nice, we had essential quality out of that race last year. You know, that was uh, mm-hmm. a big one. Um, Pace wise, yeah, there's a lot because it's not just you have Classic Causeway who's got the two turn speed, but just to his inside, a horse that you drafted in the Fantasy League, Unpredictable Bay, uh, coming out of back to back sprints. We haven't seen him since November, so you'd assume the horse is going to be uh, really engaged, ready to go. He's got that bullet work over the track on February 5th, uh, so he should be showing some speed. You've got other ones, uh, Trademark could go fast, Shipstational could go fast, Howling Time. Uh, depending on what I think Joe Talamo learned last out, don't go to the lead with that horse. Um, but you know, the, there is a lot of speed here. So, uh, do you want to talk about other prices? Do you want to talk about the speed setup? Cause I'm really curious. We don't talk about it now, but I really want to hear from you about the two because you drafted him. I never heard of the horse and I kind of want to hear, you know, your deeper thoughts on him. I was going to transition to the two. Um, so that's a, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. I, listen, I am very interested to see what it, un, unpredictable Bay, the two horse does. Now look, the pace setup doesn't look great, but I think he is the fastest horse in the race. And you want to talk about a horse who really seemed to put it all together last time out. It's, it's unpredictable Bay. So when this horse moved over to the dirt, three races back, got second, Got beat by Trafalgar, pretty nice horse, you know, down in Louisiana. Uh, not not bad at all. Got beat a neck in the next start uh, by a horse named B. Sud. That horse isn't great. But then won by nine the last time out at Churchill Downs. So I think it's it's really interesting that he shows up here. I've been monitoring the horse. I've been monitoring the workouts. He's he's working very well at Tampa Bay Downs now. What that means, we'll find out. It's not like there's monsters working in the morning to kind of compare him to, but. I think he's interesting. I think 20 to one, I think he makes a ton of sense at 20 to one. I think a lot of people think, well, you know, one at six furlongs like that, maybe this horse isn't, isn't a horse that could go long, but I don't know. The breeding says two turns shouldn't be a problem for this horse. So what did you think of unpredictable day? He's just a giant wild card to me uh, because it, it, it's odd. You look at it, first of all, the horse has seven starts, and it's nice that he's never missed the board, first of all. Uh, I mean, you can keep a lot of other horses in, in training for that barn when you're pulling in, you know, that kind of efforts this horse has been doing. So it's nice to see, especially for a smaller barn. Uh, but, you know, starting on synthetic and then trying to do turf and then, you know, finally trying dirt, it's like, okay, that worked. And, and yeah, you beat Trafalgar, who was a great horse uh, in that spot. But he's just a wild card. I don't know what he's going to do. And I, I do like that he's got the works over the Tampa surface. For me, Tampa can play, in my opinion, pretty quirky. So if you find a horse that likes it, try to ride that horse. And so that kind of, with some of the other horses that I was going to use in this spot, was where I was leaning. 
I I would use the two in a, if I was going multi-race wagers, be, partly because of, you know I know how much you like this horse, his his prospects, and I'm like I I don't see it, but I know Aaron sees something in this horse, and because of that, leaning on someone who's you know admittedly smarter than I am at this a little bit, uh, I'm gonna yeah I'll throw this horse on, especially at twenty to one. I think a deep ticket is where is where he belongs. I, I'm not. I don't have any huge plans for this horse to win this race and go on and win the Kentucky Derby, but I do think he's mildly interesting. Okay, now what about the two horses at twelve to one for Mark Cassie? I think they're big time players in here. I'm referring to the number four Golden Glider, who won an allowance over this track last time out at a mile and forty yards, and then Volcanic, who broke his maiden last time out at Gulfstream Park. Uh, running one mile. Both got uh, decent speed figures for those efforts. Um, what do you think here? The four and the 10, they're both 12 to one. Like I said, they both kind of come from out of it. Um, pace could set up for these two. What do you think about the Cassie runners? Uh, I do like them both in here. Uh, the four golden glider, I think with, this is my second pick and it's the one, if you're watching the, the YouTube feed, it's the horse that's in the background here. Um, mm -hmm. So he's undefeated and you're like, okay, so he wins at Woodbine. Remember mile the 16th at Woodbine because of how long that track is. It's like Belmont. That's actually a one turn race. So he makes his two turn debut at Tampa and it's a midweek optional claiming race and there's five horses and you look at that and be like, okay, whatever guys, this is the race Emmanuel was supposed to be in. He was going up against Emmanuel, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Mark Cassie said, oh, I know Emmanuel was going to that race. A lot of people knew Emmanuel was going to that race. I'm sending this horse there. And then Emmanuel drops out. He wins for fun. That to me said as much about what he did on the track as anything is that Cassie was like, okay, I'll go face you. Six horse field Emmanuel. So um, I really love him in this spot. Gallardo is, is an extremely talented rider. If I'm playing Tampa, the first rider I look to see where he's at is going to be Antonio Gallardo. So I love him here. Volcanic's interesting because actually on the Magic Mike show later today, we're covering the Gulfstream Park late pick four. The horse that Volcanic beat by a neck, Charge It, mm -hmm. is a six to five favorite in the race starting the pick four. And Mike and I, a few minutes before you and I went live, we're having a debate about that horse in our opinion. So we were, we're very divisive on that. But Mark Cassie likes to do this with horses that he has high opinions of where when they're two – I don't care if they're a maiden. If they're good enough, I'm throwing them in a stakes race. And the horse almost breaks his maiden a second out uh, behind Midnight Worker and Bourbon Heist and goes straight to a grade one race. And it's like, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. It doesn't work out. But the fact that Cassie's showing the faith then wheels him back. And Edwin Gonzalez is a jockey that Mark loves at Gulfstream Park, brings him over here to keep them out. I think you've got to use these horses. I think one of these two, I think, is, is going to really pop and challenge for that win there. Yeah, I, I think both of these horses are very, very interesting for Cassie. Uh, Christopher chimes in and says, Cassie and Gallardo up at Tampa will be lucky. <laughs> I did think that. I saw 12 to 1. I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But again, if you've been around this game long enough, and really it's only a year or two, you need to see these trends that go, okay, that horse is 12 to 1. I know it's not going to be 12 to 1. So yeah, temper the expectations. I had him second too, Magic. I, I don't know. I, I think this horse just kind of fits the bill. I was really excited that day he ran. Yeah, that was the race Emmanuel had a fever and skipped and now Golden Gliders here. So I'm excited for him. I, I think he's going to be, he's going to kind of be a lot of fun in this race. I think he'll make a run. It's just, is he good enough? All right, a couple more. Let's, let's uh, talk about before we move on to some rapid fire. Uh, make it big here. Vegas. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what that was, but uh, <laughs> make it big. Uh, making uh, the start here, coming off of the springboard mile, is 92 for Sappy Joseph. Jose Ortiz aboard once again. He's undefeated. He's three for three, Magic. What do you think? Can he make it four for four in this spot? 
I was trying to yell at my dog, and I thought that I'd muted it. Sorry, he's back yelling in the You're background. Muted, yeah. Sorry about that. I even covered up my mouth, and it just made a, a huge amplification on the microphone. I saw your face. I was like, well, clearly forgot to hit the mute button. Uh, listen, Make It Big is, is a horse that you have to take seriously here, and I think that 9-2 to two is interesting. This is a horse I think the odds will go way down on because, first of all, he's undefeated. Second of all, we saw what Safi Joseph just did in the Holy Bull with White Abario, with a horse that uh, had missed two works going into that race because he'd gotten sick. And Safi had said eh, he actually thought about waiting and going to the Sam F. Davis. And then he realized he wanted to make it big to go to the Sam F. Davis. He was like, we'll put, get a race in him. We'll put him in the Holy Bull. I, to me, that said that he thinks that make it big has got a very strong chance here. Safi also has another a third horse, AP Secret, that's uh, targeting the Risen Star. So the fact that he's trying to keep them all spread out this horse is undefeated. He hasn't done anything wrong. If you don't want to play him to win, I understand, but I don't understand why you would be completely against him, especially at 9-2. to two. I'm a little worried about the horses that have come back, right, out of, out of that race, uh, the, the springboard mile. They've pretty much sucked, all of them. No winners, uh, and five horses have come back. None of them have won. Really, none of them have been close. So that's kind of my worry on make it big. It's kind of the opposite of what we saw out of the Kentucky Jockey Club, where they're all coming back to win. Here, they're all kind of coming back to lose. So that Springboard Mile, which is one of my favorite races, he only won by a half, you know, and he beat a horse named Osborne, who did very little running since. So, I, But Bye Bye Bobby almost won next out. You remember Bye Bye Bobby? Bye Bye Bobby. last by a mile in that race and was, was okay. both of our top pick, and then he almost wins the Riley Allison Derby next. Okay, so where did he win? Where did he almost win? Exactly. Sunland and the Riley Allison Derby, a race that probably there's, see, there's a, I don't know how many people are watching this right now. Probably none of them watched, but me and maybe you. I don't know. No, no, literally just you. Okay, just me. Now he was, uh, he was much improved in that race, but you could, you couldn't have gotten any worse than what he ran against Make It Big in Springboard Mile. Like, I think I'm surprised he was in the Riley Allison because I didn't know that he had finished to the Springboard Mile yet. That's how bad he was. So, We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not quite sure that Make It Big is going to come back. Uh, you know, after just not a very good race, and he only won by half. So we'll see. Uh, there, uh, Christopher said. Sidebar is Senior Buscador still running? He. Um, I wouldn't call it running. He's had a lot of injury problems. He is supposed to be galloping again right now. I don't know if he's had an official work yet. So yeah. stay tuned. He, when he starts, it'll be a year and a half layoff probably for him. But he is alive and around. So, anyway. All right, Magic. Um, you're going to go Classic Causeway. I'm going to go Classic Causeway on top here. Should be a pretty interesting race. We'll see who comes out of this. We'll Hopefully, the number three Classic Causeway comes home for both of us. All right. Now, do you want to go some rapid fire? Let's do Mr. it. Mr. Curtis? All right. Let's Mr. See. Curtis. <laughs> I heard someone the other day was uh, was I forget what it was. It was basically, oh, I was listening to a podcast uh, one of my friends has, and they were making fun of me because I interact with them a lot. And uh, hearing them constantly say Curtis over and over was really jarring because I'm so used to constantly hearing Magic. Because the only people I talk to on a daily basis is either my wife or or you guys, and you all call me Magic, and I can't repeat the word she calls me. But like either way. <laughs> Either way, uh, you just tried to call me it again. Uh, hearing my name, Curtis, said a lot. It just really threw me off. So if you ever meet me and you want to just completely like stop me in my tracks, call me Curtis twice. I have no idea how to respond to that. <laughs> Isn't really it fun like when our know. wives chime in when we're live on the air, Aaron? Yeah, I know. I really, I really need to need to Facebook uh, message Celeste and see what that name is. 
It's a password for my uh, for my login, so please don't. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, and you, listen, you're having a rough time. The, the wife's calling you names. The dogs were barking like crazy. It's it's a it's a tough, helicopters are in the air. You said when you got on the air. U.S. Marshals, but that was yesterday. U.S. Marshals yesterday. That's right. That's right. So. <laughs> My friends, whoops, sorry. My friends answer to assholes, so I hear you, Magic. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we're going to talk about some horses. <laughs> okay, let's go. Where's, where's Jared? We need an adult here. I know, I know. Well, it's listen, we're on. He's busy minute. being an adult with actual children. We're on 23 minutes, and we've held it together decently, other than you yelling into the microphone when you thought it was muted. Um, so... <laughs> So we're doing decent, but here we go. We're going to talk about some rapid fire. We're going to rapid fire for racing. What, what do you want rapid fire to be sponsored by today, Magic? Uh, sponsored by the Magic Mike Show covering the Gulfstream Park Late Pick 4 on Saturday, starting at 2 o'clock Pacific time today. Okay, we'll cut all that out. 3, <laughs> 2, 1. All right, it's time for rapid fire. Brought to you by All Elite Wrestling. That's right. All Elite Wrestling is sponsoring the Rapid Fire today. You can watch All Elite Wrestling on Wednesdays on TBS and Fridays on TNT. All right, Magic. All Elite Wrestling sponsoring the Rapid Fire today. We'll go to race eight. It's the Suncoast Stakes on Saturday at Tampa Bay Downs. It's going a mile and 40 yards for three-year-old fillies on the dirt. It is a Kentucky Oaks prep race. 10 4 2 1, no Baffert, so all points will be awarded here. Who do you like, Magic? Uh, boy, I, I like her on paper, but at three to five, is Nest really playable? I mean, this is a horse that the, you got to like her her chances in this spot. I'm going to play her, but at three to five, I think the reason this is uh, race eight is, is to give you a nice little uh, bingo free space. Move on to in the, in the pick four and the pick five here. It's a situation where there's just nobody that looks very good in this race other than Nest. I don't right. particularly love this horse. I think it's a pretty good spot for her to get going in again. Um, and I, yeah, I think she just outclasses this bunch. I think she just stocks the pace and it's an easy win for Nest. So I'm with you. I'm with you. So that's yeah. a very easy start for us, Magic. But let's get a little bit tougher. Let's go to my favorite track and a track you and I cover on their big races all the time. Oakland Park. Last week at Oakland Park, we didn't have any racing. Snow came and we got all the races canceled throughout the week. That means we're running a ton of races at Oakland this weekend. One of the big ones is the grade three by Akoa on Saturday. It's the eighth race, $250,000 purse going a mile and 16th for Phillies and mares, four-year-olds and upward. Field of seven here. Magic, we did a little preview video of this and we got my pick. Let's hear your pick for this race. I'm going to go slightly off you. I'm going to go with Matera on the rail. Uh, it, it a very slight up, uh, upset. Three to one over five to two, coach. Uh, Matera has got a lot of talent. She has an issue with trying to constantly stay healthy. But when she stays healthy, especially last year, she got three wins from five starts and also a second. It's Brad Cox. It's Florent Giroux. She's got talent. My big concern with coach is, is that she had a two-race win streak that looked really great at Oaklawn, and it was back-to-back off tracks. The weather's supposed to be fast. Matera hasn't raced on a wet track, but she has raced on the on the fast dirt. Uh, she's faced some pretty big horses. She's beaten Miss Bigley, who was second to coach last time out. I get if you want to use coach, uh, I'll be slightly contrarian and go with Matera on the rail, but I think either one is, is a logical choice. Yeah, Matera, the uh, daughter of Miss Macy Sue, who has produced some great, great horses, including Liam's map and including not this time as well. So Miss oh, Macy right. Sue, yeah, an incredible uh, uh, broodmare. 
And of course, this works by tap. And hasn't quite lived up to the Liam's map, uh, not this time, but still a, a nice stakes horse uh, in her own right. Yeah, I went coach on top, the other Brad Cox runner. Uh, I I went the opposite way. Like, I didn't really care that the races were muddy and sloppy. I just think this horse had a lot of talent, didn't really show it last year, never could really put it together, even though she made the Oaks. She really wasn't a factor. She really didn't win any huge races last year. Come back this year, uh, two for two. Well, I mean, December 17th, I'll count it as this year. And then last time out won uh, the, the local prep for this uh, in the Pippin. So I think this is the next logical step. I really like Coach here as well. I got to ask you in one more horse, though. Queen Goddess, a horse that comes out, uh, out from uh, your neck of the woods, Santa Anita, won the American Oaks, was a, which was an off-the-turf uh, race last time out at Santa Anita. What do you think about Queen Goddess uh, coming to Oakland and staying on the dirt for this race? I think they're taking a shot. I think they want to see what she can do because she wins the American Oaks, like you said, but it's off the turf. You beat turf horses, so you're really not sure what was in there. She has talent. We, we saw what kind of ability she had on the turf, but this feels like uh, if you want to take a shot at the older Philly and Mare Dirt Series at this point of the year, Oakland's where you need to be. It's not California. It's not Florida. It's sure as shit not New York. You want to be here in Oakland. You want to aim for the apple blossom. So to me, this feels like McCarthy going – Let's see what we've got. If we've got somebody who can handle the dirt, you know, the Breeding Empire maker, Lemon Drop Kid, leans turf but should be versatile. If she runs well, great. We go for it. If not, we go back to California where we know she's going to be the queen on the turf there. Yep, I, I think you're right. I think it's a, just a good good spot to give it a little bit of a shot here. I also like Jilted, Jilted Bride a little bit as a, as a price underneath. So maybe use that horse underneath. That's a pretty consistent one. All right. Magic, let's go on, though. And I think this is one of the best races of the weekend. It's not the best. It's a lot of fun. It's the Razorback at Oakland Park. Same card on Saturday. It's going to be race 10, the Razorback, mile 16. This time for the males, four-year-olds and up. Uh, go, like I said, a grade three race here. A good field of nine. It's like favoritism is the number three Lone Rock, uh, a horse that has won, uh, I think, nine of his last 11 starts. Uh, but he shortens up in distance today. A lot of decent runners in here. Magic, where are we leaning in the Razorback? I am going to go with a, an old favorite of you and I. That's the number four. Rated our superstar. Uh, listen, this horse last night, we covered the fifth season stakes in the preview uh, for racingnews.com. And uh, this horse was not, I called him out because I love his name, but really didn't. Yeah, Chris, you're right. McCarthy's numbers are pretty good. Um, he, McCarthy doesn't ship, by the way. He doesn't ship for, uh, just to lose races. Like he, he only ships to Gulfstream, for example. I think he's two for four at Gulfstream. Uh, one of those is the Pegasus. So um, anyway, with Rated R Superstar, uh, the fifth season was not a spot where you or I thought he was going to win. It was a one-mile race at Oakland, which means they stop at the 16th pole, and he's not a super speedy horse. He was facing speedy horses, and he caught them off the bench on race in September. Um, we're still going to get a price on him. We're not getting 25 to 1, but 8 to 1 still feels after what he did like a solid price. There's a lot of good horses in here, but there's also some question marks about some of them. The rated R superstar, he showed in the fifth season to me that at nine years old, we're still going to keep going with it. So uh, I'm, I'm going to ride with him. I can't, I can't hate this guy. I just love him too much. I can't hate on him either, but what is that saying that Samich has about weddings and funerals and all that yeah. jazz? some sort like yeah that. don't don't but don't uh if you didn't uh, attend the wedding don't go to, or pay for the wedding don't go to the funeral well, if you didn't take the horse at the long odds don't take him at short i think that's where we're at i think last time was the wedding this time's the funeral if you look at this horse's past performances he does have trouble put, putting together back-to-back -to -back wins now 
he was trained by Kenny McPeak for a long time. So that's part of the reason why. But uh, anyway, I, I do think this horse, I think he'll run well. I think it'll be one of those, damn, he ran well and he got second or third. The, I just think for, there's better horses this time around. There are good horses. I will uh, counter that he did uh, beat Plainsman three back, a horse that I know that you really love in this spot. Um, the, also with rated our super since, superstar since he left McPeak. Uh, the horses that beat him, Silver State uh, twice at Oaklawn, that's where he loves. Mystic Guide beat him. Plainsman did beat him. Nick's go. And then Popular Kid is in this race, but I'll forget about that. Uh, but, but other than that, he's the horses that beat him are, are grade one winners, or grade one horses, So uh, other than the Plainsman. So uh, to me, the fact that he also has beaten Plainsman, beat him two races after losing to him, I'm going to take him at what I think is a good price. But also, that's no shot at Plainsman or Promise Keeper, who I know you like both of those guys. I was going to say, yeah, I've been debating back and forth. I've had Plainsman on top for a while right now, and I think I'm going to keep it, though. I'm going to go Promise Keeper, so I'm going to flip my pick a little bit. The more I think about it, I just really like this horse. You know, he was starting to come on last year, uh, got fourth in the Ohio Derby, which was a pretty good race. Uh, Mass Parade, King Fury, keep me in mind. Those are good horses that he got beat by, and he hung right in there, only lost by a length. I think he's getting better. I think he'll be better as a four-year-old, and I think it's a really good sign off this layoff that Fletcher sends the horse to Oakland to run in this spot. I mean, there's a hundred different spots you would think before you would think the Razorback for this horse. So a lot of confidence, yeah. I think, shown by Fletcher. I'm going to give Promise Keeper a shot here. I also like Plainsman a little bit as well. Um, you know, if you watch the Cigar Mile, uh, the uh, video, the preview video we, we did, we talked about Plainsman and how he could hit the board at a big price, and he did. He got third at 19-1. to 1. So uh, a little bit better spot for him. He's been beat by some pretty good horses. Now he comes shows up here. I think this is, this is a logical spot for him to try to get a win. So you're going to go with Rated R Superstar. I'm going to go one to his outside and Promise Keeper. All right, Magic, last one that we're going to cover today, and it's your favorite race. It's the El Camino Real <laughs> Derby. From Golden Gate. That's right. Magic's favorite race. Race eight on Saturday. $100,000 stakes here. It is a Kentucky Derby prep race. 10-4-2-1. There is one Baffert, though. So maybe not all points get awarded. They're going to go a mile and an eighth over, over the all-weather there at Golden Gate. Who do we like in this one? We got a, one is, we got a field of 11 here. This is a big field. Yeah, big field. Uh, the, the El Camino Real Derby, it's like every other year. It's like big field, really tiny field. Big field, really tiny field. And regardless, it's usually not a good horse that comes out of it. Uh, might be the difference here with McKinnon. Might be. Uh, the 8-5 to five favorite. Um, you know, multiple uh, turf route stakes wins. Goes to Breeders' Cup and finishes third. That's very impressive for him to do. Um, you know, the dirt, we tried it in the sham. That didn't work. So we're going to come here and, and, you know, try and get another stakes win. There isn't a lot. Uh, as far as the turf stakes series goes in California, that Doug O'Neill's like, we got to win this one. That's going to really make him look better as a stallion. So they're like, let's go here. What can we do and see? Maybe do we backdoor our way to the Kentucky Derby uh, trail? Um, I think he's a horse you want to use. I really like the six Boise as well. Jonathan Wong, king of the synthetic up at Golden Gate. Uh, the horse has made one start on synthetic, one uh, at Golden Gate. Wins the gold rush stakes. Uh, there was a lot of sp uh, speed, a lot of cheap speed in that race. He was able to come from off the pace and chase them down. He's a son of Temple City. He's a grandson of Dynaformer. Dynaformers, are, they can run all day, so I don't mind this horse trying a mile and eighth, which, by the way, we haven't really talked about that. We're going a mile and an eighth, and, like, 
nine and a half of these horses don't want to go a mile and eighth, I don't think. There's a lot of cheap speed that sets up a lot like the gold rush. We're getting Evan Ruman back aboard, who was aboard that day. I think this horse is going to be really sneaky, and I think people might forget about him because we're going to look at McKinnon. We're going to see the past performances. We're going to fall in love with that and just automatically assume that he's going to be able to take that onto the synthetic. Oh, Magic, you've made several mistakes here. You've made several mistakes. Number one, auto, auto qualifies for the Preakness. Remember who won the Preakness last year? Rombauer. Remember who won this race last year? Rombauer. So you can't Midnight Bourbon no won the horses. Preakness. I will not hear otherwise. Midnight Bourbon won that race at the eighth pole, and that's where it ended. The race ended at the eighth pole, Aaron. Christopher noticed my eyebrows shot up when he said no good horses ever come out of this because Rombauer, my horse... Uh, at least for fantasy purposes, won the Preakness last year and won this race, Magic. Listen, a drunk squirrel can find an acorn once in a while, okay? That's true. And that's kind of what that felt like when he won that race. So I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, he did run third in the Belmont as well. So I did honestly, good. Chris is right. I did forget it. The, the Preakness is the auto qualifier for it. Yeah. I keep thinking there's another race at Golden Gate, and that's the one that's the qualifier, not this one, because it's only 10 points. It is weird that this auto qualifies you for the Preakness. It's kind of strange. I, I never really think about that either. But yeah, Ron Bauer, you know, he got third in the Bluegrass after this race. He won the Preakness, and then he got third in the Belmont. So he, listen, he wasn't a great horse, but he kind of proved to be a, a very consistent, you know, valuable a horse that you would want to own type for sure. So yeah, and it all kicked off right here for him, his three-year-old season. I think there's a horse at this moment that's better than what Rombauer was coming into that race last year. And I think that's McKinnon. I, I don't know. I, I think this horse is going to romp here, Magic. I, I think he's going to outclass this group. It's hard to argue that he isn't the classiest horse. He won three stakes uh, and then went to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf and was third in that race. And, and technically for betting purposes, I guess he was second because Modern Games was a ghost. He didn't run in that race, Magic. So, um Tried the dirt last time out in the sham. Uh, was bet down to two to one, so people really thought this horse would run big. He was okay. He looked like a turf horse trying dirt. But I don't know if he takes a synthetic surface. I think they're running for second, dude. I, I don't. I don't know. I Boise. He got an eighty-six time form for that win over the synthetic. Uh, that's my problem with him. I do like him, and I like. I think Wong makes. Uh, you know, makes a horse better. Just <laughs> at Golden Gate for sure. What about the Baffert runner here? We should talk about mm-hmm. it in a second. Black Adder. This horse tried to get him on turf last time out. It got rained off, but he won anyway uh, on the dirt. What do you what do you think of him? Do you give him any shot? Well, Baffert won this race with uh, uh, another horse that you got. You, do you have any draftees in this race, Aaron? Because if you do, they tend to win because he won it with Azul Coast two years ago. Yeah, sadly, sadly, I am not going to win the El Camino Real. Nobody is. No, You no didn't draft draftees. McKinnon. See, that's another reason. You didn't draft McKinnon. That tells me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> listen, Blackadder also is a, a full younger brother to Gingham, who is a Baffert trainee that was a uh, really solid dirt uh, I thought she was better sprinting, but she has one uh, going two turns before. But uh, the damn side tells me that this is an all-null dirt. I know he tried the turf, so maybe this horse, you know, every horse is different. doesn't matter that he's a full-to-a-dirt uh, stakes horse. I don't know. It, Edwin Maldonado comes up to take the mount. Maldonado on a Baffert usually means the horse is going to try and go fast early. And again, I've said this, there's a lot of speed in this race. Uh, it, if there's one speed horse that is going to surprise and suddenly be able to run a mile in an eighth, you know, all day long, it's going to be a Baffert horse. So you could go with Blackadder in that sense. Um, I think from a multi-race angle, you have to use him defensively because if a Baffert wins this, are you really going to be that surprised? No, 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 absolutely so. not. And I, and I think, 
if I'm overhyping McKinnon and he doesn't like the surface, and I think that's your next logical winner on honestly, the Baffert horse. So um, not getting real creative there, but I mean, I, that's just how I see it. These SoCal yeah, to, horses coming up. I was going to say to your point with McKinnon as well. Uh, uh, sorry, where was it? Not McKinnon. Never mind. Keep talking. I got, I confused <laughs> myself. Go ahead. I looked at the wrong horse. I was thinking, I'm sorry, Boise. I was okay. gonna make a point for yours. It's Boise, the horse that I like. Uh, Cabo Spirit. Uh, he was is won the Eddie Logan the last race that he tried, and Cabo Spirit came back and was second to Messier. Well, there you oh, go. Yeah, wasn't he was close second, but he was second. He was very close. If, if Messier would have fallen down and stayed down for a few seconds, then then that horse could have won the race. So that's that's a maybe good more point. than a few seconds, but probably ten or twelve or yeah. twenty or a minute so okay <laughs> all right i forgot to ask about sam sam f davis but i'll ask it now we'll kind of ra- uh, wrap sure. this up but el camino real any horse coming out of this i'm not going to say derby horse but will any of these horses make any kind of impact in any of the triple crown races down the road well shit i mean i feel like i kind of have to say yes now because chris proved me wrong about all qualifying for the preakness i mean th- as long as the horse stays healthy theoretically they'll go to the preakness and we've talked before about how if baffert's banned from the derby and baffert's banned in new york baffert can only go to the preakness and if black adder wins this is like the fifth horse he's now going to send to the preakness so i'm going to say yes because black adder's in here because of the baffert situation i'm going to say no I don't think so. I'm going to go back to no, even though I gave you shit about it. It's very rare that a horse comes out of this and does much. Uh, We'll see. I think McKinnon has a lot of talent, but again, that dirt race wasn't, wasn't going to be good enough. So uh, for triple crown purposes, I'm not sure. Okay. What about the Sam F Davis? And I'll, I'll, I'll I'll say Derby specifically for it because it seems to be a little stronger. How many horses do you think are, are going to come out of the Sam F. Davis and make the Derby? Uh, that's question one. And number two, do you think anybody makes an impact uh, on the Derby out of that race? Uh, I think maybe one or two come out of this. It's not a race where you don't usually see a ton of horses come out of Tampa, at least in my, from what I'm feeling. In recent years, you don't see too many of them come out of here um, and, and go forward. And a lot of these look like sprinters or cheap speed or they're trained by Dale Romans. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no impact. I saw um, Steve uh, up in the chat earlier said over under the nine and a half, uh, finishing nine and a half place in the Derby, the winner of this race. I'll say under because I think, there it is, thank you. If anybody comes out of this race, uh, my most likely candidate, maybe yours, is going to be Classic Causeway. And with his running style, I think that he ends up, you know, he, he, he tries for about a mile and then they come off the turn at Churchill and he just steadily kind of fades. And that's the trip that I see him getting there. Yeah, I don't think anybody will make an impact out of this either. Um, I, I could I could see a couple making it. Uh, you know, Dale Romans, say what you want, but he'll give Howling Time six chances to try to get there. And Romans usually can get there with one. So maybe this is the one for him. I think Classic Causeway, you know, he's in the mix. We'll see what happens. And then Cassie may be able to get one of these runners here as well. So there's a few I think that could, but... Overall, I, I don't see this, you know, making much impact for the Derby, but it is a pretty good betting race, and uh, and that's that's the good news uh, as far as this one goes. Okay, I have one more question before we start to mess around and talk about uh, the Super Bowl and wrestling and all that kind of stuff that nobody wants to hear. Uh, so that's why we talk about, it, obviously. But anyway, uh, as far as the Derby goes, this is how I see it. You've got Messier, but. He seems to be way ahead of everybody, but it's Baffert and we don't know what's going to happen. And then all the evidence that we're, that are that's starting to pile up, I should say, 
So Smile Happy is the next one because of that key race in the Kentucky Jockey Club. But now Smile Happy is going to go to the Risen Star. It's going to be pretty darn tough. You've got Call Me Midnight, you got Epicenter, you got Papa Cap, uh, Zandon uh, for Todd Pla- or for uh, Chad Brown, I should say, is supposed to be there. Really tough race for a comeback. You got the McPeak angle, which we don't have a lot of confidence in this guy. What do you, what do you think is going to happen with Smile Happy in the Risen Star? God, I could see him hitting like. I don't know. I, I, realistically, I'm going to say like third or fourth, and it's going to sound like I'm trying to you know, be a heel for fantasy, but I'm not. I really think that that it, it's setting up so much that he's going to come back that it's almost impossible for him to. It, the only way he meets the expectations that are being set, especially if Classic Causeway wins the Davis this weekend, he's going to need to win by half the stretch at fairgrounds for people to be like, yeah, that's the Derby horse. If he wins by a half length, I don't know, man. He almost got beat. So there's going to be some question marks in there. I do think, especially if Classic Causeway wins this weekend, he becomes an unplayable price in the Risen Star. I don't see how he is not an unplayable price. The way that race just keeps coming back. It's just the Risen Star move is odd to me. Like, that's not where I would send one unless I was based there. Would you save him for the Fountain of Youth? Because to me, it, it sounds to me like McPeak is trying to time it uh, for the Derby to be the third race for him. Yeah. And I think that's, that is what he's doing for sure. But I, I wouldn't go, I just wouldn't go to fairgrounds unless I had a horse that had been, you know, training there, running there. And I it, don't take it as a, I, I hate fairgrounds. That's not what this is at all. Right. I like fairgrounds. It's fine, but it's a long stretch. It's a different surface. I, I would send one there if I didn't think they were good enough to compete at the circuit that I'm at. Unless I'm at fairgrounds, and obviously I would I would run there. So for Smile Happy, definitely his best three-year-old to go on the road and go on the road to fairgrounds. I just think it's interesting. You know, I would think the Rebel w- would be a better option. Or the Fountain of Youth, like you said, but maybe the spacing isn't quite right. What about you know the Davis this weekend? That I don't I don't know about Tampa either. I probably wouldn't send him to Tampa. Actually, I'll take that back because that's a weird surface. But yeah, I just wouldn't ship him out of town. And then. Fairgrounds looks like it's going to be good again. You know, it was really good last year, and I think it's going to be good again. I don't know. I just, it's like, what if, yeah, like, what if Classic Causeway wins? And it's like, wow, Smile Happy is going to be like even money in this race. I'm not sold that he's going to win because of the guy training. Am I, am I being too critical? You're asking me if you're being too critical after what I said about Romans last week. No, you're not being too critical. Uh, no, really, because I think as uh, for what we're talking about here, this is something that you have to factor in the human element, right? It's why with baseball, it's a little frustrating with the umpires, with the strike zone, where there's the human element. If you had like a you know a robot doing it, you're going to get it right every time. There's that human element that kind of adds some spice and some frustration, and that's kind of what you have here. You have to under know from history or, or learn from people like you who've been following this for so long that what is a trainer's tendencies and and what usually happens along those ways. Like with Baffert, if you see a Baffert horse that's really solid running from last to first every race. That's not Baffert's best. Baffert's best run up front and they keep going. When you see with McPeak horses, the way they come along, um, or with Roman's horses especially, Howling Time is a great example for me, but he gets them to pop, pop, pop it too, and then, okay, now we got to really face some horses that aren't at Ellis or Churchill Downs, and, and they're, suddenly they're shooting blanks. So 
you do have to really, you know, factor in the trainer thing. And you can do it from a, like, you don't have to be an asshole like I can be about it. You can be nice about it and say, listen, this isn't their strength. This isn't what they're good at. Or in some trainers' cases, the game's passed them by. Stop sending $600,000 horses to them and expecting to win the Derby. Yeah, I think it's a good point. And we've said on this show for years, McPeak at a price. We love it. We absolutely love it. We love to play him at a price, and we hate to play him. When he's taking a lot of money and, and really you look, it's like, okay, Swiss skydiver. She yep. proved us wrong. Great. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. I can't argue that, but there, there's just not many other ones. So. It's called the exception and not the rule. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see, man. It's going to be tough. Choke it down at six to five on smile. Happy. If that's indeed what he is. I don't know. We'll see, man. That, that's, it's the most intriguing thing to me right now. Uh, other than the Baffert thing. And honestly, I'm sick of the, even talking about the Baffert thing. So smile. Happy's like, yeah, I'm just excited to see what the source does. So, I don't know, Magic. We'll see. All right, you've got your Rams jersey on, your Jared Goff <laughs> Rams jersey, which is just classic. We're going to talk Super Bowl, of course. It's coming up Sunday. Um, it's in your neck of the woods. You going? Are you going? Probably not, right? No. First of all, it's 89 degrees out right now. This is going to be like the hottest Super Bowl ever. No. Uh, but as I texted you, as don't ever let the politicians tell you that global warming is a bad thing because it's 89 and it's February 10th. I've been in uh, basketball shorts and flip-flops for the last week. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, you made fun of my Jared Goff jersey, but listen, as a Rams fan, I will tell you, there is no Super Bowl trip this year without Jared Goff because – There is no Matthew Stafford on the team without Jared Goff. You see, the Detroit Lions, they had to get rid of Matthew Stafford. They're like, listen, not only have we been giving you dog shit to play with, it's usually the dog shit that Magic's dogs like to eat, digest, and then shit back out. It's regurgitated dog shit is what he usually plays. However, Matthew Stafford, two of the most prolific uh, receiving years in NFL history, he was the quarterback. Calvin Johnson, Cooper Cup. I mean, the guy can play with anything. He can win. He's finally here. He had eight fourth-quarter comebacks in a single year, which means the Lions won at least eight times that year. Like, that alone (laughs) should tell you this guy should be in the Hall of Fame. After this, when he wins the Super Bowl MVP, he throws for 552 yards, passes for four touchdowns, runs for another. Matthew Stafford will finally assert himself as the face of the NFL at age, what is he, 37 now? 34. Okay. So you're picking the Rams. I'm sorry. Was that the question? Yes, I'm picking the LA Rams. Who are you picking, Aaron? So the Rams are four and a half point favorite. No, I'm sorry. Right now they're four point favorite. I would say they should be under. You're still good? You're still good with four? With four? Yeah. Yes. I don't think it's close, actually. I think it's I think it's got a better chance to not be close than it does to be close. Now, that being said, maybe 10 points, not 20 or 30. I think the Rams up front dominate them. I really do. And it's easy to kind of say that the Rams have a great defensive front and the, and the, the Bengals, what's their weakness, that offensive line. It's not very good. The key to the game is going to be Joe Mixon and how he's able to run the ball for Cincinnati. And can they get that established? And then they give Burrow a little bit of time to throw. Cause if he doesn't have time, we've seen what happens when a quarterback is and not that Burrow's a statue, but he's not a speedster, right? Any, any stretch. So quarterback that doesn't have a lot of speed and a, and a team that can't run it, the Rams will kill you. You know, they were able to do it to Brady um, and they'll do it to the Bengals, I'm thinking. So I think it's like a 28-14, 28-17 type game. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to lean around. Uh, I was guessing the Rams might break into 30. So I was probably guessing around 35, 38. And then, you know, Cincinnati maybe come up and maybe they can break 20. But I don't think it's – excuse me. I think the Rams punch them in the mouth hard 
early and often, and I think Cincinnati is unable to recover from that. Uh, one thing, and I brought it up on Dudes Who Bet Sports that you do with Papa Dude, uh, which another great episode this morning. I had a lot of fun in the chat, but as you could tell. But uh, as I brought up before, Cincinnati was expected. Their over-under for the wins this year was six and a half. And I bet the over, and I knew to bet that because Mike Samich had told me in the Magic Mike Show episode last summer, Cincinnati has the weakest uh, schedule of like the entire, they don't travel, they don't play tough teams. Like as far as the, the, the competition level was projected for that season, Cincinnati was at the very bottom. And that was, I was like, well, shit, if they're playing, they're not traveling all these things they're factoring in, they'll probably win seven games out of, out of 18 or out of 17. So I, that's why I went with that. So they've already exceeded expectations every step of the way. I feel like at this point, they're just like, all right, we're, like we're here, but it's not the LA Rams who have had to fight through the expectations. When you do what they did to get Matthew Stafford onto the team, you're, you're all in. You're pushing the chips in and saying, we are making this push. Everybody in the organization is on board. I think the Rams just have everything going for them here. Yeah, and that's like James Hell in the chat here saying, love it. They said we, they say, they said couldn't win a playoff game first, then then said couldn't win on the road. No way we come back and beat KC twice in a year. Keep doubting, boys. That's the thing. I hate to do it because I've liked Cincinnati all year long. And listen, your boy Joe Burrow, James, is probably my favorite player in the NFL. He won me a fantasy league this year. <laughs> the way he finished, I love Joe Burrow. I. Uh, James, I'm an OU fan, all right? So Samaj P. Ryan, Joe, uh, you know, Joe Mixon, yeah, I'm rooting for the Bengals. I also like to sit and analyze what I think is going to happen, and I just am really afraid that they cannot block the defensive front of the Rams. If they can do it and they give Burrow time, Chase will beat the Rams secondary. There's no doubt. The weakness of the defense is the secondary, but it doesn't get exposed a lot because the front's too good. So – to me, I've never I've never really analyzed a game where one thing is really gonna, in my opinion, gonna affect everything. Because if they can move it and they can get into the high twenties, I think they can beat them. I just I'm just not confident in the offensive line of uh, of the Bengals, and that's that's why I got to pick the the Rams. It's not nothing against. I'm not a Bengals hater by any means. Trust me, I, I thought it was great they won. So when I think even Jared would admit, like the KC defense and the defensive line is not what they're going to be facing when they go to the Super Bowl. Like it's, it's a very different game. This is also, I'll, I'll steal a page out of the Mike Samich playbook. If Cincinnati's down after the first half, like I'm expecting, especially after the third quarter, uh, with what Aaron is saying is, is they're, LA's probably going to go into prevent defense. They're going to try and set. I think Cincinnati's going to eventually be able to break free and get an open one. And I think the score could get a little closer late. Um, we, I think you know Monday we're going to be sitting here talking about, man, the Rams, they just destroyed them. And the score will be one of those situations where it's closer because they kind of mucked up a little bit late. But it's going to feel like the Rams kind of dominated. And then Matthew Stafford and I will have not one thing in common, which is that we left Michigan for Los Angeles. We will also have championship rings baby <laughs> okay now what championship ring is that <laughs> that is from the lancaster jet hawks winning the uh minor league baseball cal league championship in 2012 well that's great very good part very of the organization good. thank you very much there you go you worked for them right <laughs> i did <laughs> i caught foul balls in the morning when they were having batting practice very good <laughs> very good very good uh steve says uh frat stafford for the W, 27-24, Bengals plus four. Let's go. <laughs> Listen, I will say, like, betting-wise, I yes, I'm with the Rams, even with the, with minus four or four and a half. But as a, really my core is of being a Lions fan, 
almost the entire Lions nation, like when Stafford got in the playoffs and they looked like they could go to the Super Bowl, rallied behind him. So the whole city of Detroit is rooting for the LA Rams because they're going to feel like this was there. This is the closest, like between that, the halftime show that we haven't talked about, but with Eminem being there, this is really going to be a Detroit Super Bowl. We're not going to have a real one. This is ours. Okay. Well, listen, any way you can try to justify that, that's great. And for All me, right. it's two for one. Thank you very much. That's do true, I get two yeah. Super Bowl rings? Is that how that works? You do have the per- – no, that's not how that works, but you do have the perfect jersey for this weekend. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, we're going to do one last thing. You can ask us anything for the next, let's say, five to ten minutes. And I've got three questions here already. But for the next five to ten minutes, you're in the chat. Just ask us anything you want, and uh, and we will answer. We have to answer. Okay, Magic, are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. This, went, first... this went really well the last time. Yeah. The, well, the first time we did this, we were on here for an hour. People are asking Magic the craziest stuff. So you can ask him or me anything you want, but keep it to Magic. He'll, he'll have fun later answers. Magic. Okay, here we go. Jason Hummels kicks it off. Magic, do you plan on explaining how girth is an integral part of fantasy horse racing? I do. Uh, you'll okay. have to tune into a future fantasy show for that one, though. No, you have to answer it. I did That's answer. Cool. I said, I will. Ex-. He said, do you plan on explaining it? He didn't say, can okay. you explain it? He said, do you plan on explaining it? The answer is yes, on a future Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League live stream. Okay. All right. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> that's terrible. Christopher says, how are Browns fans feeling knowing either the Bengals or OBJ are winning the Super Bowl? That's, a good, feeling, that's a good question. We're not feeling great. We're not feeling great. Not at all. No, uh, not at all. Sydney says, change of pace. Uh, what do you think of the Canucks hiring Cami Granado as assistant GM? We actually, so Cindy, right before the live stream started, or maybe right when it started, posted that. And you and I, it must have been right before, because I said that, and it was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, Cammy Granada, if you don't know, was like the, uh, one of the, the pioneers of USA women's hockey. And um, she's married to Ray Ferraro, who is, a, a, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but like borderline Hall of Famer in the NHL, um, a big TV analyst now. Uh, yeah, I love this. Uh, first of all, I think that she, regardless of her gender, if you think of just her hockey mind, she's a sister of Tony Granado, married to Ray Ferraro. This is like hockey, hockey, hockey. Like this is a triple decker of hockey. Um, on top of the fact you now have a, a female assistant GM who's already in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame and now is in a Canadian assistant GM. I think that's an interesting angle as well. So I'm all for this. I've been a big fan of the Granado family since Aaron, you and I were little kids, and Tony Granado was and Cammy were winning, trying to win gold medals at the Olympics. So I'm fully on board with this. I love it. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I think it's a good spot too. Vancouver, uh, you know, an organization uh, that is pretty, pretty solid, got some young players I think are pretty good. So I like this. I think it's a really good move. And a really nice step to see. And uh, Jason agrees. He says he's glad to see Cammy get this chance. She will be a GM. Yeah, I think this is a stepping stone for for her for sure. Can, how about uh, in about uh, three to four months, I think she could uh, be the GM in Edmonton. <laughs> you knew where I was going with that, didn't you? When you were chuckling, I was like, yeah, here comes the Edmonton hate. <laughs> Your boy. Ken Holland. Holland does not deserve to keep his job if they don't get to the Stanley Cup Finals. You do not waste Connor McDavid year after year and keep your goddamn job. Get out of here. That's like that's like being given a bunch of $600,000 horses and not getting to the Kentucky Derby with them. Stop it. Hmm. Lose your job. Okay. Uh, <laughs> move on. James uh, asked, and we talked about Volcanic a little earlier, James, uh, and we thought he, we were pretty high on him. And, and he said, what's your thoughts? So Cassie Barnes pretty high on him. 
Well, we can repeat it for James since he's joining a little late. Yeah, we we like him. We think it's a horse you definitely have to use. A uh, twelve to one, we really like. And anything else, Magic? You want to add on him? Um, I didn't. Per- I wasn't personally aware that they were really high on uh, volcanic in, in terms of volume, but we did talk about the fact that they sent him to a Grade One race as a maiden. So uh, that was something that we talked about. Yeah, I like him. And also, let me ask you, since Mike and I are going to talk about Charge It here in an hour. Um, he was second in that race. He's going to be a six to five morning line favorite Gulfstream. Is he a single in that race? Have you had a chance to look at it yet? Let me look at it. What, what race was that? At it's uh, it's going to be race nine at Gulfstream on nine. Saturday. Give me just a second. I, I have sure. glanced at that card, but I have not looked at it. in depth. I will say it. So, uh, James, since you missed earlier, um, also Edwin Gonzalez was the jockey that rode him last out and is riding again. Uh, Mark Cassie loves this shit. This is his new, uh, his new boy toy after Tyler Gaffleon kind of graduated and went on to other parns beyond Cassie. But you see they're 29% together with a 316 ROI. He loves Edwin Gonzalez on his horses. Um, looking this over now, charge it. Yeah. He looks uh, like a clear cut outside early speed. It's he's not, there's no horse that it's, that has started that should beat him. Um, and then you go to the yep. other three, by the way, this is a Gulfstream park race nine on Saturday. It's a maiden special weight going one mile, uh, for three year olds in a field of 10 charge. It is way better than everybody else that has started. So then you look at the first time starters, Fletcher has another one, enough already, the four horse. Um, I don't think he puts this horse in there with Charge It if he thought he was very good. Uh, Jaramillo gets aboard. Not his top. I wouldn't. I'm not. Because really. the, the Ortizes are at Tampa. Yeah, that's why Jaramillo's not. Yeah, I, I still I don't think that. Still don't horse, like him. Yeah. No, I don't either. So the, the let's see. There's three. The seven, hard performer. Eh, McPeak, first timer. Works don't look out. Ah, that's a pass for me. And then Chad Brown has Grand Luso. Who comes from a turf family, if I remember. Yeah. Uh, works aren't much. No, I don't think so. Works. Okay, so I'll tell you this. I'll do it on the Magic Mike show. So the Chad Brown worked last week with a debut Chad Brown winner who won at Tampa in a dead heat and got a 56 or 59 yeah. buyer for it. So a really yeah. bad horse. I think Charge It's an easy single. All right. Well, yeah. pre- I will. Uh, I will bring. Thank you. I will bring this over to the Magic Mike show and help bury Mike Sandwich because he doesn't like the horse. He doesn't like charge it. I don't. Maybe he I don't wants know to how... play against him at six to five. He doesn't like it. charge it because the fractions, the internal fractions, and in, at the end were slow. Well, that's just. I don't. That's how Mike that. handicaps. That's the difference yeah, between just... yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. He didn't like uh, Liam the other day when he not not the stakes but the other day when he came back he played all against liam and you singled and liam won so i'm not gonna let that bother me here but he doesn't like it. cassie has a third one in the davis that i've realized we forgot to talk about and it's the one that's one of two stakes races god of love uh yeah. did you th- did you i didn't th- i think god of love has got a lot of talent but isn't i don't think he's a threat to win this is that kind of where you landed yeah the uh, same way uh, i i looked at him for a minute here um yeah god of love making the the uh dirt debut but that's okay you know one one a great uh grade three at woodbine last time out over the synthetic i don't know we'll see i i think i'm a wait and see with that horse um i really don't think he's gonna win in that spot but i do think he kind of trips out he's the one that's gonna be coming from off the pace he's got a pretty good closing kick so I'd be a little scared of him, but I'm not going to have him on a ticket. I can't play him all, so I'm not going to have him on a ticket. This is a good question. Why is Chad Brown sending Xanon to the fairgrounds? 
Uh, does he send anyone there ever? Uh, he has sent a couple of turf horses in the past there. It's not um, a common move, though. No, not a common move at all. And it sounded to me, reading between the lines, and he didn't say this, but it sounded to me like the owners wanted to go there. They think the, the long stretch will help that horse. So I could see that. I could see that trying to help him. He also needs to not have Mo Donegal beating him into the rail. That'll help him win too. That will probably help him more than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Magic. I have one. I have the last question and then we're done. Okay. Sure. You and I have become big wrestling fans. We have. We like AEW wrestling. So we have five guys that kind of work for, well, let's, let's throw Miranda in. We have six people that, that, that work for us. A Miranda, Papa Dude, and of course you and I and Jared and uh, Samich. Mm-hmm. So if they if these six were wrestlers, who would they be? Oh man, this is tough. I, I'm not a good person. I'll do my best to answer. You okay. have been following wrestling for a long time, yeah. so I've, I'm very very new to this. So I'm still learning. Yeah. But um, uh, let me. Can you start me off? Give me some ideas, and I'll try and because I, I can tell you that I try to emulate MJF, but I'm not going to say I'm MJF because that's like saying like I'm Muhammad Ali because I punched right. a guy in the cheek once. Like not exactly. I would say you're MJF because you do try to be a heel, and then I would call. I think Jared is Cody Rhodes because he's a heel, but he doesn't know it. So and nobody likes him. And nobody likes him. Yeah. So Jared is Cody Rhodes. Kidding, you're Jared. MJF. Why does nobody like Cody Rhodes? I, again, I'm very new to this. I've only seen him do like two fights in the ladder match that he did with Sammy Guevara. I was like, why do people hate this guy? This was incredible. Yeah, in the ring, he's really, really good. He's just oh. kind of, they kind of think he's kind of phony and they kind of think he's kind of I a, can see that. like a pompous person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, having him, I get why because of the brand synergy, but having him host that game show or whatever it is on TBS where he like any host looks incredibly fake uh yeah. that doesn't help him you'll have to explain hurricane helps i do love darren helm the hockey player so if that's if that's like his grandpa i love it <laughs> no it's not but uh, hurricane helps is not an AEW, so that doesn't count but uh yeah i yeah i think i think you're mjf i'll go cody rhodes um samich oh, hmm that's a tough one that is a tough one because Samich, let's talk about – so personality-wise, he's very uh, he's very well-spoken. Yeah. He's, he'll talk to anybody. He's I would say he's a face, right? He's definitely a face. Yeah. Um, but there is a certain faction that just unreasonably un hates Samich because they're just assholes. So yeah. is that does that fit a specific wrestler? Like someone who – like I don't get why someone would hate this wrestler. Um. Well, that's that's Cody Rhodes again, but he's not he's not Cody Rhodes. Uh, uh, Jason's putting all these answers in, and I'm like, I don't think that's that's not AEW because no, I don't know that AEW. name. I'm trying to think of a good Samich. How about Adam Cole? Yeah, that's what I was gonna that's, say. Adam Cole, Mike Samich, baby. Yeah, Mike Samich, baby. You could please call him that on the show, please. Please do it once and just just to see his reaction. I'm begging you. All right, Adam Cole, that's good. Uh, Miranda, classic wrestler, Miss Elizabeth, but she's she's dead, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Let's see, Miranda uh, is she is she Doctor Britt Baker? Is that Miranda? Maybe. Yeah, Doctor yeah. Miranda is Doctor Britt Baker. D yes. M D. Yes. Uh, what's chiropractor? Uh, chiropractor. D M D. Yeah. I was gonna say something mean. That's better. <laughs> All right, so she's she's a Rip Baker. I like that. Um, who do we have left? Oh, Papa no, no, Dude. 
Jason, it's A and W. Like no, A and W root beer. No, it's not. Stop watching. Oh, Jason's making a joke that he grew up and became an adult. That's what he's doing. Listen, Jason, some of us grew up and now we now appreciate it because of the stunt work. That's why I watch. Some of the people that I love the most, like uh, like Dante Martin, I love how that guy's just like literally just flying through the air all the time with his his stuff. Although Keith Lee, a guy that weighs 390 pounds, should not be able to jump that high in the air. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm Keith Lee. No, just kidding. Um, Papa Dude is either Jericho or Sting. What do you think about that? Sting. Papa Dude is definitely Sting. Um, because when when Sting comes on screen. Everybody's just like, oh, this is great. And everybody, like, they hand Sting the microphone. Everybody's just like, oh, he's going to say something. What's he going to say? And then Sting goes into his rant about Betty White. And then it's just one of the greatest things that you've ever seen is a promo clip being cut. And you're like, my God. And then the next week, Sting comes back. And he, like, I'm going to crush you bigger than this bag of Lay's potato chips. And he just, like, rips it open and shoves the whole bag of chips in his mouth. And it's just, yeah, no, he's definitely Sting. Because he also, okay. with, with Sting from a serious perspective, Sting is, you know, the, the, the respected veteran. And he has someone younger that kind of makes sure things move along. But really, everybody just cares about the respected veteran, what he says and does. Uh, you know, if he's Sting, then I'm, I'm Darby Allen because... <laughs> Sting is, is Darby Allen. A decision I think would be popular in your household, yeah. if I'm not oh, mistaken. Yeah. If I was Darby Allen, I would have a better life. <laughs> Although, yeah, uh, more, speaking, uh, about drunk, speaking about drunk squirrels and finding acorns, you'd have a lot more acorns around the house because of the squirrel you'd have to keep, right? I know. Yes, yes, yes. If I was Darby Allen, I would be fit and I would be uh, very active. <laughs> Sting still wrestles. A, a guy yeah. threw the guy through the table a few weeks or a month ago. That was crazy. Yeah, Sting actually looks very, very good uh, still as far as wrestling goes. Yeah, so. Okay, all right. We've gone far enough with this. Um, I didn't know that we were going to. Oh, there it is. Got the shirt. It came in right before the AEW show, like like an hour uh, before that. I'm going to tell, by the way, on the Magic Mike show, I'm going to tell the story about what happened. Or do you want to the story about the U.S. Marshals? Do you want to get out of here or do you want me to save that for Magic Mike? Save that for Magic Mike. You that, got it. That show, that show needs to be better. So save that <laughs> for Magic Mike. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> Jesus. Magic had to talk to some U.S. Marshals who came to bust the methods that live next door. That's what yeah, happened so yesterday. Save that one for Magic Mike. <laughs> Best thing you saw today will be that on the Magic Mike show. And then call Mike Samich Bebe. I think that's, uh, that's it. Who's Danhausen? Do we have a Danhausen? He, no, there's only one Danhausen. Uh, well, uh, Borat Capper is the closest we've ever gotten to having a Danhausen around here. He could play the character of Danhausen for sure. Yeah, <laughs> love that Danhausen. Yeah, <laughs> love that Danhausen. All right. Uh, oh boy, this show went off the tracks. You're right. All right, we're gonna end it right now. You can find us everywhere that is anywhere. We're there. <laughs> YouTube. We're there. Podcast Land. We're there. You can go to RacyDudes.com. We're there. You go to racingnews.com slash sports. We're over there, too. I mean, we're everywhere, Magic. Anywhere else? Did I miss anything? Uh, no, I just checked. We're not under We're not under my desk, but we're pretty much everywhere else. Somebody's under the desk. It's hey, now. <laughs> all right. All right. We got to go. Get out of here. <laughs> Before I get a, a divorce. So, all right, guys. We're going to get off. Of divorce here. housing. Uh, divorce housing, yes. Uh, now, Magic uh, Magic Mike coming up at uh, 4.30 my time? Or? Nope. 2 o'clock uh, Pacific. Okay. Make sure to check out Magic Mike, 5 Eastern, 4 Central, 3 Mountain Time, 2 Pacific. Okay, guys, good luck. Watch Magic Mike or be cursed. 
later. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. Oh yes, I am Adam Cole, baby.